All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Luke John Louis, the host of the Deep Voice Man Show. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we have a treat in store for you guys. Our guest is Pradeep Sangha. Uh, he is the founder of the world's most powerful business and personal coaching for family-oriented businessmen. Uh, he is internationally acclaimed, and he is an award-winning author. Uh, he's um, he has published uh, his most recent book that's been com- that has come out, and it's The Complete Man. Uh, it's received many five-star reviews on Amazon, and he teaches men how to be the complete man and experience complete victory, having it all in life. Uh, he uses proven methods from neuroscience, performance psychology, and ancient spiritual teachings to help men become alpha males and men who completely succeed in life. Uh, in the areas of personal and business. And uh, so we are so fortunate to have him here. Uh, He is a very busy man, and he was able to carve out some time in his packed schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. So we are so lucky. Uh, So thank you for coming on. And I guess my first question is, can can you just tell us about yourself, um, your background, and how you first gravitated towards what you do today? Sure, Luke. And and first of all, thanks for having me on your show. I, I truly appreciate it. Well, it, it started, uh, you could say, when I was younger. I was, uh, I'm a son of uh, immigrant parents who came from India, mm-hmm. and all they knew how to do was really work hard. And so I, mm. I literally grew up um, in a working environment, you can say. My parents, uh, all they knew how to do, again, was physical labor, so they started working on an orchard. And mm. as, far as, I could re- I, as far as I could remember, my, my brother and I were literally in the orchard with my parents. Uh, while they were apple picking, for example, they would have us in an apple bin. That was kind mm. of our babysitter there for a while. But it was very wow. interesting because my parents, yeah, it was, it was a great upbringing. My parents really worked their, their hardest, uh, long hours, long days, um, sometimes seven days a week to provide a great wow. life for my brother, my brother and I. And so that really started, you could say, my journey because I was very mm-hmm. young. My, my first job, official job, was at nine years old. At 16, wow. I, was, I was managing employees. Uh, at 17, wow. I also became a personal trainer and started training adults at that time. So I always wow. had it in me to really help people. That was part of my mission. And then mm. my, parent, my parents really said, you know, we, we don't want you to struggle like like they did because they mm, didn't have the mm-hmm. education. So they pushed my brother and I into the academic world, you can say. Mm. And uh, I, I went mm. to a number of different business schools, got in the corporate mm. world for a while, for about 14 years. Before I left the corporate world, I was a successful executive. So oh, I, wow. I spent, yeah, I was a, a very successful. I was kind of like the young gun. I was the youngest guy on the executive team, very well known across mm. in the nation. And uh, I thought my, I had my whole life planned out in front of me in terms of being a mm. CEO of a major corporation, but mm. I just walked, I was just tired. Something hit me. It was like uh, the moment in, in my life where I just said, uh, this isn't what I want to do. I mm. spoke to my wife briefly about it. And she's like, are you sure you want to do this? Because I had spent 14 years climbing the corporate mm. ladder. Wow. Build this life, life for us. And then I just literally mm. walked into work and I quit. Wow. And then I started my... Yeah, it was, a, it was a big move, and I started my consulting and coaching practice at that time, and, and it wasn't like it was smooth sailing. It was, there was a lot of hiccups, you could say, along the way, but yeah. it led me to where I am today, where I have a, a, several, a portfolio of businesses, for example, and I have my 
coaching consulting firm, which I'm very passionate about because right. along the way, one of my passions are, was really human potential. Ever since I was in school, I can, as far back as I can remember, probably mm-hmm. even in elementary school, I was curious about how some people were able to do some things and other people were mm-hmm. not. So mm-hmm. I started to study science and specifically at that time it was called brain science or neuroscience and then sports psychology, mm-hmm. which led me into this mm-hmm. realm of how do people perform at their best, whether it's in, mm-hmm. in sports or it's mm. in business or, or even in mm. the relationships. So that's mm. where I brought, brought it all together to do what I do today because mm. uh, of, of not only the talent or you can say the skills that I've developed, but mm. also the need out there because there's a lot of men out there, specifically mm. businessmen as entrepreneurs, business owners, mm. professionals mm. that are struggling or they want to achieve something, but they just don't have the right strategy or the approach to it. Right. Right. So I've, I've, Combine the worlds of you, of business coaching with personal development coaching, specifically mm-hmm. for men, because mm-hmm. there's also an, an aspect of how men operate, the masculinity op- aspect of mm-hmm. it, how men are in relationships or with society. Mm-hmm. Brought it all mm-hmm. together for men to basically say, "Hey, look, I need coaching, and here's here's mm-hmm. an organization that can help me in all aspects of my life and business." Wow. Wow, that's amazing. And thank you so much for that answer. And it's interesting how you had these humble roots. You know, you were the uh, son of immigrants. And, you know, and you're working on this, this, working in this orchard, picking apples. And my goodness, you were nine years old working and you had employees at 16. You know what I was doing at that age? I think I was just playing video games at home. (laughs) 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 You were on, you know, you're. Your parents were teaching you the values of hard work, and, yeah. and, and that's so important, and that they were role models and instilled that, uh, that work ethic in you um, and, and, and helped you to get a head start in life. And, and you sort of had to grow up really fast. And, um, you know, and it's interesting how, you know, your parents did all this hard work for you. Because I, I, I can relate because I'm also the son of immigrants too. And how oh, and how yeah and, and it's interesting how him, immigrant parents really want their kids to uh, to really dig into education because they don't want them to do the same work that they do because my parents didn't have education and they they wanted they wanted something better for us uh, and it's sort of like the American dream in a sense you know the children mm-hmm. doing better the parents wanting better for the kids and um, so that that's amazing and you're also a personal trainer. Uh, I, I used to be a personal trainer myself, and I know how rewarding that is. So, oh, awesome. um, yeah, and you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, um, you obviously you worked in corporate America, and you were there for a, a decade and a half, but um, you realized you didn't want to do that, and you and you walked away from it. And I'm curious, like people must have thought you were crazy, right? Just, <laughs> uh, I mean, you must have had a lot of people saying, maybe family, friends, like, what are you doing? And and you had to have the courage and the, 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 the fortitude to, you know, I'm, did that happen? Were, did, were people initially supportive when you, when you walked away or, or were they, they thought you were nuts? No, you know, it's exactly, exactly how you said it. it was, they thought I was nuts. Some, some people thought I got fired because I, I walked into work. I, I spoke to a few of my peers and, and my superior at that time. And I said, I, I think mm. I'm done. And I literally walked out with my, my, 
box of stuff that same day. People thought I got fired. People thought that I had gotten into an accident and hit my head and maybe I wasn't thinking straight. Wow. Wow. Yeah. My parents at that time thought that I had literally thrown everything away because I had a, I had a really good gig, you can say. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody was wondering like, what is wrong? My in-laws were like, Telling, they were telling my wife, your son is, or your husband is crazy. You know, are you sure you want to be married to him? All this kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and, yeah. So it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting time, which, which just gave me, you can say, the strength to keep going, because mm. I'm, I'm mm. one of those guys that just per- perseveres, and if I put my mind to something, and if I have a target or a goal, I always achieve it. And this is one of the things that I said I'm going to do it regardless. But there were mm. also times where I, I even myself uh, doubted my success at, at times, right. especially at the begin, right. beginning, because right. I was comparing myself to the Tony Robbins of the world. Right. And, and, you know, here's someone that's been in the industry for 40 years. And yeah. I was, I was just, you can say new to this game. Yeah. And so I, I was wondering like, how the heck am I going to do this? But it's been an, it's mm. been a great journey. It's been very interesting, but to, to answer your question, yeah, there was a lot of people that just basically said, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they say that's one of the keys to success is having a thick skin to live life on your terms and you're better off for it um, because, you know, they've interviewed older people who are close to death in a hospice and um, to find out, you know, what are their regrets? And they found what was common is that a lot of them said their one of their biggest regrets was living life, living the life that others wanted them to live and not living the life they wanted to live. And exactly. you're, I think you're on the right track. Um, and, I, and I think your story is very inspirational. I think a lot of people are in corporate America, and they don't have the, the guts to do what you did. And they want to do what you did, but they, they just can't do it, and they're stuck, and they're not happy. And, you know, it's interesting. You talked about there were doubts in the beginning. You, you went through what you called hiccups and whatnot, but you powered through. And you said it, um, all the people who were naysayers gave you strength, which I find interesting that you were powered by all this, um, you know, and... It's curious because Michael Jordan, um, he, um, when people said he couldn't do something, that actually motivated him. He'd put the newspaper clipping in his <laughs> locker room, and he would say, that was okay, and he'd try to prove them wrong. And, and, and you know, it's interesting how you talked about comparison. Um, they say comparison is the thief of joy, and, um, you know, and, uh, and so you kind of had to catch yourself there. You, um, there was a, I, I remember interviewing one guest, and she mentioned the, the word comparanoia. <laughs> so... <laughs> So uh, it's, this is a very common thing, and people need to be wary uh, of this whole comparison thing and, and not let it give them uh, anxiety. And, and, yeah, obviously when, the parents, when your parents might not have initially supported you, that might have been somewhat discouraging. Um, you know, but, you know, obviously you have to live life on your terms, um, and you have the strength and the fortitude uh, to do that, um, which is amazing. And, uh you know, and I and it's so inspiring um, your story. Um, so uh, thank you so much um, for sharing that story. And um, <laughs> it's curious. Uh, yeah, you got it. And what um, I'm curious now, you've been in the industry a while, and you've had some great success. Um, and um, what what would you say is the current state of of, of business and masculinity since you work in both areas, business and personal? And like, what what challenges has the pandemic posed in particular? Oh, it's had a massive impact. If if we're talking specifically for men, uh, mm-hmm. it's had an impact on everybody. 
So it's had an impact mm. on everybody who's either lost their job or, or because we're in social isolation. This is, this is a, a huge mm. challenge outside of, the, outside of the economy. Teachers mm-hmm. are saying one of, their, one of their biggest things isn't, isn't the challenge isn't about teaching kids. It's more about how mm. to keep their kids, the kids' mental health aligned with where it should be because mm. families are struggling, kids are struggling. So from a business perspective, here, here's mm-hmm. basically, there's, you can say there's three camps. There's a camp where mm-hmm. people are down and out. They've lost their businesses mm-hmm. or, or they've gone bankrupt and they're just not going to be able to recover. Mm-hmm. Then there's a camp that's basically waiting to see what ends up happening. They're on government subsidies or they're getting some kind mm-hmm. of help. They're basically just, you could say, treading water. Mm-hmm. And then on the on the uh, on the uh, other far end, you, you have <coughs> excuse me, people in businesses mm-hmm. that are seeing this as an opportunity mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when ninety five percent of your competition is waiting for things to get better, just by mm-hmm. sh- by moving continuing to move forward, you're going to be further ahead by the time that you kind of wow. up again. Wow. So these these are strategies that we've employed with the people that we've worked with, the organizations, the clients that we have. And it's worked mm-hmm. out very well. While people, while industries, for example, or competitors in their industries are going under, mm-hmm. they're actually doing very well. From a, mm-hmm. from a personal perspective, it's very difficult mm-hmm. for people, both men and women, but especially men, because we tie more of our identity to what we do, our careers or our businesses. Right, right. And because yeah. of that, anytime something goes downhill or isn't working out well, or there's a yeah. high level of frustration, it impacts mm. who we believe we are or self-worth. So there's right. a lot of men out there that are feeling less of themselves now. Mm. And this is impacting how they operate, their confidence levels, and who mm. they are as husbands, fathers, and leaders of their family. Because mm. a big portion of, of our identity is tied to, you can say, taking care of our family, the financial aspect mm. as well. Mm. So this, this, this is having a ripple effect throughout society. And mm. it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening because mm. men, as men, for example, we, we can either mm. put our heads down and say, okay, mm. we're just going to wait it out. Or we can say, we got to find a way. Mm. And it's those, those men who are going to find a way, who are finding a way right now that are going to come up mm. with much stronger character, with much stronger fortitude and most likely mm. be further ahead as well. Mm. Right. Right. Definitely. You know, there's an old saying, and thank you so much for, the, um, for your, your insights there. There's an old saying that life is, you know, 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you've probably heard that saying before. And uh, so it, the people in that third camp um, who are thriving, um, they're, they're operating, I think, on that principle. You know, when life gives you lemon, you make lemonade, you adapt. Um, you don't obviously put your head in the sand and then give up. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, in Chinese, uh, in Mandarin, I believe, the, the symbol for crisis includes opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, so, I, you know, people, I think, need to realize that. And if you study history, during the Great Depression, a lot of businesses actually started uh, during, the, during the Great Depression, uh, <laughs> during a very tough period when unemployment rates were higher than they are now. Um, so, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, well, you know, people have a choice about which camp they need to be in. And obviously you want to be in that opportunity camp uh, that you just described. And, um, and it's interesting how you talked about men, how men, you know, their masculinity is sort of being challenged in many ways during these trying times. 
you know, in Japan, um, they say that a lot of times when men feel like less than themselves, um, they'll commit suicide because mm-hmm. it's, you know, part of their samurai um, uh, path and spirit. Uh, what they call, I think, harakari. Um, I don't know if it's going on now, but this was told to me by a high school teacher, uh, no, a college professor once, that sometimes that happens. And, you know, in Perhaps suicide rates have gone up in the U.S. I'm not too sure. I wouldn't be surprised if they have. But they, you know, they there have. Is obviously... Oh, they have. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. We... And obviously, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say we don't have the exact stats, but they definitely have anxiety, depression rates, suicide rates are going up for sure. Wow. And, you know, it's insane. And how a lot of men are, you know, they're, they're feeling challenged. Their, their pride is take, has taken somewhat of a hit. Um, you know, because obviously men pride themselves on that role of being a breadwinner. Um, and, and that's why it's great to have folks like yourself um, helping men get back to where they need to be. Um, so obviously things are tough. I'm curious. Um, now, obviously in the future there will be a post-pandemic world. Um, hopefully it comes sooner rather than later. Um, I'm, where do you see things going in the future, and where do you see yourself in that future? If we take a look at society, I think we will rebound. I think mm-hmm. there's no doubt in that we've gone through mm-hmm. and this is, it's just timing. That's all there is. And we have enough technology right. now that I think we can recover a lot faster than we did back in mm-hmm. the past when we had big plagues, for example. So I'm not mm-hmm. too worried from that perspective. What I'm, I'm more worried about is mm-hmm. how, so it's not the physical or the disease itself or the pandemic. It's, it's how mm-hmm. people react now because there's a lot of negativity out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of pessimism. There's a lot of conspiracy theories. And it's a lot easier to voice that and believe it because of the Internet and the and you mm-hmm. can say the ease of information that people can put out and consume out there. So whether that's on mm-hmm. social media or other channels, it's easy for one person to say something that may or may not be factual and other yeah. people to yeah. believe it. And we're seeing mm-hmm. a lot of that. So I'm seeing a lot of pessimism in people where we should be having optimism. And, right. and that is the bigger challenge. And because of this pessimism, we have a society mm. now in the U.S., for example, that is very torn. Mm. It's politically mm. torn. Uh, it's socially mm. torn. And, mm. it's, and it's economically torn, for example. Right. You know, do we, do, do, does it go green energy versus traditional forms of energy? Right. Well, right. all of this stuff, if you actually have a conversation, you take a look at the facts and the science behind things. Well, there's, there's answers for all of these questions and challenges. The mm-hmm. challenge is, is that most people don't want to hear the facts. They just mm. rather prefer right now. It's more of mm. entertainment to be mm. a person that has an opinion. And so mm. that is going to be a big factor in terms of how we move forward in society. For me personally, one of my, one of my missions is to really mm. educate people and mm. educate people in the proper way. So, in the work mm. that I do, that's why we use neuroscience. My background's in science. And with science, you have to have either some sound research or facts to prove what you're mm. presenting. But even right. then, science, a lot of science is based on opinion. So I'm very much, mm. when, I, when I present something, I say, hey, look, this is my opinion as well. What works for you may be different. So right. here's right. what I'm presenting based on our knowledge, based on the facts that we have and our experience. Right. So... Yeah. And we have to, and I'm very firm on that, especially when it Mm. comes to leadership and leadership Mm. for men, because Mm. we're seeing very strong, you can say highly powered men, not being strong leaders. Right, right. That is a challenge. 
And this isn't about politics, for example, right? Everybody mm. blames it on politics. It's not politics. Politics and leadership are two different things. You should, right. we, should hope, we should hope that our political leaders have leadership skills, but a lot of them don't. So mm. when someone goes out there and they speak their mind, whether it's a political leader or an actor or whoever it is, we have to be mindful mm. of what we're saying and the impact it's going to have on people. So, again, my whole piece is to really help people be more mindful, you can say. And that's where the concept mm. of the mindful alpha male comes out, is before mm. we act, before we say something, let's take a look at what the impact is, what the ripple effect is, because mm. what we do and what we say has an impact on other people. And we just, we may mm. not be aware of it. Right. Definitely. And you could just hear the passion in your voice. This is obviously an issue you care a lot about. Um, you know, personal development and self-improvement, uh, which is amazing. And you talked, you mentioned that there will be a rebound, which, which I do agree with. Um, we've gone through tougher things before in the past, including a flu uh, pandemic that was, I think, much worse, um, I think, in 1918. And, you know, so obviously there's a lot of negativity and pessimism. And unfortunately, with the Internet, um, the, uh, these voices uh, that oftentimes spout false, falsehoods and conspiracy tend to get amplified um, due to the Internet, unfortunately. So I guess, you know, the Internet has some good and some bad with it, unfortunately. And, um, and it's led to us being torn. Um, there's definitely uh, widespread division. I think every American is aware of that now, if they weren't before, particularly with, you know, things that have happened in current events. And, you know, and it's interesting how you said your mission is to educate people. And, um, and you talked about, with, when it comes to science, um, there's an opinion element to it, uh, which I think a lot of people need to understand. And, um, you know, so yeah, th- I think that um, what you just mentioned is so important. I do agree with you. Um, there clearly is um, a lot of people who, you know, need more of an optimistic outlook, and they're not getting it. Do you think the media is to blame for this in some ways, or it's just? Well, I, yeah, well, I, I don't a media has a part to play in it. Let's just put it this way. Right. And, and I'll broaden it. I think everybody has a part to play in it. I think people who consume right. media have mm. a big part to play in it because mm. we as individuals have to understand that we are mm. responsible for not only what we do, but the information that we take in and right. how, we, how we interpret that information. So just because someone says something to us, we, have, we should have common sense to say, okay, is this actual, actually true? Is there some truth to it? Is there some falsehood? It is easy, easy for the media to influence people. And unfortunately, mm. that's what media, media has become now. It's, it's a mm. revenue stream. Mm. And so, mm. I, I, and so it, it does become challenging. That's why when I watch news, for example, I don't watch the highlights. I watch the raw footage of what mm. is actually happening and who is saying what. That gives me a bigger mm. context in terms of what the actual story is rather than mm. headlines and rather than opinions. So mm. I think that is the difference. We have to take responsibility as consumers because mm. here's the other thing. Here's how we, how we can relate to it as well. We as, as consumers of food, there's a mm. lot of food out there that is not good for us. There's More. a lot of junk food. You, you know, a person More. can go and eat at McDonald's as much as they want. But there's a point where we say, yeah, you know what? It's not good for us. I feel sick after I eat it. The same thing happens with media. If you consume the mm. media, you know when you're, when you're feeling off, mm. when, you're, when you consume a lot of negative information right. from media. So we have yeah. to be responsible in terms of our information diet. 
what we're mm-hmm. actually taking in. So as consumers have a responsibility, the people that are actually on media have a responsibility to tell what they believe is the truth and not, you know, I have to be really careful with this because there's people that sure. bend the truth. Um, there's people yeah. that actually do believe in it. But anytime we're, a person's on media, they have to understand that they're, they're speaking to a right. wider audience and people will take that information mm. for, what it, for what it is. Mm. So they right. have a responsibility to play. Yes, media has a responsibility to play as well. Mm. And I think the media has lost sight of why they exist in the first place. But I'm also hoping that they they uh, they ca- that they recalibrate themselves. I think, mm-hmm. and I could be wrong, with mm-hmm. Trump leaving office, that mm-hmm. media may calm down a little bit. But mm-hmm. I may, I'm 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 not going to bet on it. No problem. Well, you had mentioned, and thank you for that. You had mentioned before about the whole entertainment aspect of it, um, and uh, and revenues. And you mentioned revenue stream. So maybe in some ways a lot of folks in the media see themselves as entertainers trying to make money for their, you know, the corporate backing, uh, corporate backers and and whatnot. So I think that in some ways may be adding to the problem of, you know, uh, why so many people are are torn, why we're torn as a country and whatnot, and and maybe leading to the negativity and pessimism and why conspiracies are getting amplified. Uh, You know, so many people, so many of them don't have the, uh, you know, they've lost sight that their that their job is to inform, not so much to entertain and tell people what they want to hear. And um, and you know, it's so important for people to research what they hear as well, not just take everything uh, that they consume at face value. So I think that that is so important. I totally agree with you on that. And um, so uh, it's curious now, as a coach, um, you know, you help a lot of folks. You said your mission is to educate people and to to teach folks things and you're teaching me quite a lot of stuff. I'm a student you're the teacher in a way, and uh, I'm learning a lot from you. And and I'm curious, uh, you know, there's so many coaches out there now, obviously um, you, you left your corporate role, which was secure and I'm guessing well-paying to become a coach. And I congratulate you on that. Uh, For me to do that, I think would have been really tough because the thing is there's so many coaches, so many consultants, I would have saw that as somewhat intimidating like as a coach, how do you differentiate yourself and stand out and, 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 and get, like, what is your competitive advantage, so to speak? So are you asking about me specifically or uh, in terms of sure. my advice to the audience? Well, um, I would say about you specifically, and if you want to talk about advice in general, you, you can do it both ways. That's fine. Sure. So if I talk about me specifically and, and what I've built over the years is, is really, part of it was calculated, part of it I just kind of fell into. But I found a very specific niche and a very specific expertise. So I picked a very specific target market, and that is businessmen to work with. So I don't don't work with someone who is, let's just say, um, and and there's nothing against this, someone that goes in, does their nine-to-five, and just goes home and doesn't think anything more of their life or their, their business or career. Right. Right. Um, this, you know, I, I work with men who are balancing, you know, a high-performing business or a job with mm. a family life. Okay. So that is one area. So my target market, but also my expertise, I've built it over decades where it was, mm. okay, what are the different aspects that men are challenged with? Mm. And I've found those. So for example, businessmen, that's why over the corporate world, my, 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 
you can say my goal was to become an expert in all different areas of business from marketing mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. sales to operations. Oh, wow. So I, I led all of these major divisions because mm. I wanted to be the most, you can say, well-rounded CEO out there. Mm. And, mm. and so I, I had a very strong, through my 14 years of the corporate world, I have a very strong business background. And along with that, I was also studying neuroscience and applying neuroscience in my mm. in the business aspect, mm. coaching other people mm. in sports psychology. So mm. if, if I was to bring it down, I found an intersection and a gap where what makes me different is that a businessman can go to a business coach today and say, I Mm -hmm. need you to help me with my business or my career. Mm. And a Mm. business coach can give them insights, strategies on how to execute. But here's the challenge. Mm. People execute based on how they perceive themselves from their identity, their belief systems, Mm. how they make decisions, Mm. their emotional Mm. capacity, their energy level. All of that stuff that very, I would say, 99% of business coaches don't understand. Wow. Wow. And so there's a gap from the business coach side. Now on the flip side, a personal development coach could mm. tell someone how to make better decisions, how to mm. deal with their emotions, but they don't have a mm. strong understanding of mm. business. Mm. And then I've also layered on that another aspect of, you can mm. say spirituality and on top mm. of that masculinity and specifically mm. men. So how mm. men operate in re- relationships and life, our belief mm. systems, our whole, you know, how we operate on different mm. hormones, all mm. of these layers that I've added on. So I kind of, I call mm. it the Lego approach mm. where it's build, building the foundation mm. for, for the specific niche that I'm serving. So that's, that's mm. my, you can say difference. And I can, I can honestly say this, that within North America and probably around the world, there's less than a handful of people that have the same level of expertise that I do. Wow. And so it's very specific and, and very niched. So for someone out there that's thinking of becoming a coach or an expert or a consultant is to find that intersection. And that intersection mm. is an intersection mm. of what mm. is an underserved market or a very specific right. market. Right. What are your, what are your current strengths? Yes. What are your interests? Mm. And what, so basically, you know, what problems you can solve and what skill you can build or add on top of that. When you find mm. that intersection, that is mm. the sweet spot. Mm. And you, you wow. not only do you, do you create a specific niche, but you, be, you have such a stronger competitive advantage than everybody else right. that's trying to serve that niche. Wow. Wow. Wow, that's amazing, and it's interesting, um, uh, the, the answer you gave. And thank you so much for providing that um, info to us. Uh, I think it's going to definitely help a lot of people who are interested in coaching. Um, you, so, you know, there's an old saying that the riches are in the niches. I don't know if you've heard of it before. <laughs> the, the riches yep. are in the niches. <laughs> that um, when, you, when you focus on a niche, and it's so important for many, not just coaches, but many business owners, to do this and you hear this advice all the time you know every you know folks want to be for everyone and and anyone and it's not exactly how it works you need to figure out who your ideal target client is um and obviously you figure that that out and you were able to sort of um because of that intersection and you 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 focused on um i guess you come at it from both angles the business uh, coaching side and the personal um improvement and the personal development side 
and you focus overall on the work-life balance. Because obviously, when people go to work uh, and life, that's it's it, and, and you know it's it's together. It's not separate worlds. So you, you kind of combine both elements. And you said before that only less than a handful of people do this in North America that you're aware of. So you sort of you sort of created um, so you there's an untapped market, or you created a, a specific niche where you know it's of course what you're interested in and what you can help people with and you figured out a way to do it um that that benefits you and that's targeted where you don't have that much competition that's amazing my my hat is off to you um and it's it and you also talked about how you have a layered approach i think you meant i think you said lego um earlier Um, and i think that's amazing um uh, and that's incredible and so um, thank you so much for that answer. And uh, it's curious. Uh, now, you've helped a lot of people, I'm sure, and, and that must be very rewarding for you um, to educate folks and whatnot. Um, can you tell us um, some of the most moving or entertaining stories um, from your uh, life or career? Sure. So if I'm talking about moving stories, uh, the reason why I, I do what I do right now is mm-hmm. a big reason is my father. So okay. my father was a hardworking man. Again, as mm-hmm. I mentioned, a very strong mm. man. So he was, mm. when he walked into the room, he was, so he was 6'1", 240 pounds. He had, mm. he also wore a, tur- a turban. So he was mm. a very big statured man. He was, wow. So, and his father, so my grandfather was in the military for, mm. for over three plus decades. And mm-hmm. in the British Indian Army, and my great grandfather, right. so so my dad's father or my dad's right. grandfather, was a spiritual mm-hmm. teacher in India for fifty years. Wow, wow! And so my dad and my grandfather, who actually immigrated over too after after my dad did, taught me so much about what it means to be spiritual, to be enlightened from that perspective, to be a strong man, to have principles. The uh, how, a masculinity, your word is your bond, value. Mm. As, mm. And so all of these things were instilled in me growing up. And my dad was a very strong figure in our life. And he also mm. taught me how to be emotional as a man, how to be strong man, but also how to share my emotions. Because mm. he was probably one of the most emotional men I knew. And wow. So, yeah, it was very interesting. I saw so many different dynamics of life. I saw the dynamic of war, which my grandfather lived, spirituality, mm of mm. masculinity, of, of softness when it comes to strong men, mm. and also the life of, of a man when it comes to challenges. Because my dad, mm. for some reason, and I still mm. don't know, I, I have a hint, but him and I never really talked about it, is, mm. was never really fulfilled in life. And mm. so he, ha- he had a business, he was successful, money wasn't an issue mm. after they had you know, worked so many years. Sure, right. And... and, and and uh, he also struggled with something. He would have night wow. terrors. He, he wow. suffered from alcoholism. And oh. because of his alcoholism, he, he, uh, he had diabetes that were just basically not in control, which led to his heart disease. And my dad's goal was to hit 65. That was his goal, mm. was to hit the technical age of mm. retirement. He was never going to stop operating his business, but mm. he was going to lay back a little bit and we were going to travel as a family. So my family, my wife and kids, my mom and my dad, plus my brother and his family, we're all going to mm. we had this plan that every year we would go on 
annual family vacations. Wow. What ended up happening was my dad had a a massive heart attack and passed away at the age of 64 and a half. I'm very sorry. Yeah, thank you. It was a, a, a big blow to our family. And it was a big wake-up call as well. And it was almost like my dad said to me, Pradeep, you got to go out there and help more men because, uh, because of what my dad went through. He was an amazing man, mm. but he struggled with alcoholism. And he paid a price as a result of that. And so there's mm. a lot of men, men out there that I see that are operating, not necessarily with alcoholism, but operating mm. in a way where they're, they're waiting for a specific time to pat themselves on the back and say, I did it or enjoy mm. their life mm. where they're struggling along the way, struggling with the journey itself. And so mm. that for me is what drives me every day to do what I do. Wow. Because I, I see men out there day in and day out daily basis. I'm talking to numerous men who are struggling. Right. right. And I know from when my dad was, not struggling those moments where he was completely himself mm. as a young, young boy. And my mm. brother and I, we, we talked about this. We felt like uh, you know, that nothing could hurt our family. Like wow. nothing could hurt us because my dad was so strong. And mm. so that is one of the purposes of what I do, because when men are more successful and strong and believe in themselves and more complete, they mm. are, better husbands, they're more present, and they're better fathers, and as a result, the kids grow up stronger. And so it's a Mm. generational thing. So for me, this is my driving mission. It's a story of my dad that really drives me every single day to get up and do what I do. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, You know, I can only imagine. um, You know, I, I know how tough it is to lose someone in your family. You know, recently I lost my aunt. Um, to COVID, oh, and sorry. that was tough for us. Oh, to COVID, yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, it's tough. Um, so thank you for sharing that, uh, um, you know, and I'm sure that your father is smiling down on you, and he's proud of the work you're doing. And Yeah, um, thank you. And, <laughs> yeah. The, um, yeah. But it's interesting how you come from a long line of, you know, strong men and, and who are also teachers, and your father um, set a role. He was like a role model for you. He was a strong man, and, but he also wasn't uh, scared to be emotional, which is so important for mm-hmm. men. To you can be strong, but you can also be emotional. And uh, it's interesting how he, you know he worked hard in, in an orchard, orchard, orchid. Um, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but he also had his own business, which is um, very impressive. And um, and it's curious, I, you know, I think that um, that's sort of your um, your big why, right, is that, you know, with with what happened with your father and what and the advice he told you to help other men, um, you know, I, I could see why that could drive you. You know, they always say that, you know, you, you have to have that big why, that life purpose. Uh, Mark Twain said you have two important days in your life. The, the first is your birthday, the day you were born, and the other is the, the day you realize why, <laughs> you know, and... <laughs> I think I think you have both days down, and and also you know we've been talking a lot about men, and I think um, what's so important is that um, I think even for, for women, I think women want men to be strong and to be the leaders and to be alphas. Even though you know we've been seeing you know lots of female empowerment, which is great. That's more than great. I have two sisters. I like it all, and you know we we want to see women um, progress. We have the first female mm-hmm. vice president, which is amazing. 
uh, female yeah, vice president of color. And, yeah. you know, but I think even women want to see, they don't want to see men recede um, from, you know, being tough and, and being leaders and, you know, and being alpha males. I, you know, they want to see men be men as well. I'm almost sure of it for the most mm-hmm. part. And, oh, absolutely. Um, so, I think uh, there's, there's, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, we, we, we actually, my apologies. We actually, we actually do uh, because we track where we get our business from and half yeah. of our business now actually comes from women because they are yeah, referring their business partners or their spouses to say, can you please help the man in my life or the man I'm in business with? So it's very interesting because, yeah, and, and just as you mentioned, it's very important that women are able to live out to the life mm-hmm. and the destinies that they choose for themselves, whether that's in a leadership role or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That, I'm all for that. I think we need to. What's happened is we've had this challenge now where men and women are almost at odds with each other. It's a competition, mm-hmm. which doesn't right. really work, especially in a family setting. So right. there's a lot of women that are tired of it because men have, for the most part, in certain generations, like my generation, mm. for example, mm. that have not mm. have been raised not to be men, to, not to be strong. And so there's mm. a whole new generation. One of my colleagues actually works specifically mm. with relationships. Mm. And he said that one of his biggest, not his challenges, but his clients' challenges, is that women in their 30s are of a tough time finding men who are masculine. Wow. So these women are now asking and mm. pleading almost for men mm. to stand up. So we're seeing wow. this kind of re- reverse effect now. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's also in a mindful way, if I'm to add to that. Men, mm. even in leadership roles as alpha males, that's why I talk about being a mindful alpha male, is we mm. have to be cognizant of how we act and how we behave. And, mm. and not disrespect mm. women or oppress women. Mm. It's about supporting mm. them. Mm. Right. And both are compatible, you know, female empowerment and male empowerment. Um, they don't have to be opposites or, you know, they're not, you know, opposing. They can be one can be in support of the other, you know. And so, I, I, yeah, I think that's so important. And I, I've noticed that, too, that, you know, men and women sometimes seem to be at odds or in competition with each other. And, and you know, I, I don't think we need that. And so I, I totally agree with you. And but you know it's interesting how things change, but human nature can always stay you know can be the same, you know even though there's women empowerment, women still want men to be men you know and to be strong and and it's interesting how you mentioned how women have have spoken up to you and, and to others about how they want men in their lives to be like men, and so that that's it's so critical and that you know. And uh, and that's the kind of men that women want to marry and 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 be in relationships with, of course. Um, and obviously, that's why there's a need for men like yourself to be a coach and to guide men uh, towards what I believe is a, a better path for them in their lives. I, I'm, it's curious now, as a you're obviously a business owner. You're, you're in business for your, uh, yourself, which is great. And uh, I'm I'm wondering now when it comes to business owners, they, they often talk about how you want to get to the point where you rely on referrals or, or for the most part, or solely you mentioned before how women oftentimes give you referrals, which is amazing. <laughs> I'm curious, how does one go about networking effectively and, and getting to the point where they can get all these referrals? 
Well, referrals is is important uh, because that is a key part to grow your business. So I I actually wrote a book on that called Superfan. And that the Mm. whole concept around there, because I thought this was a very underutilized strategy for a lot of business owners in terms of getting referrals, because a lot of people just go to just traditional marketing. So here's, here's what I would say is, A, is you have to create an experience for your existing clientele that just, I'm not going to say wows them, but it's superior to your competition, where Mm. your clients are saying, wow, I want to continue to do business with this organization or this business because they Mm. treat me good. They make me feel good because how you make your client feel is the most important thing because they will take that feeling and keep it top of mind. And then when someone that they are in conversations with or are in their network that mentions something to do with your business, it's going to pop Mm. up in their head that say, okay, you should do business with so-and-so. So providing that customer experience is critical. That's mm. one of the most important things. And that really revolves around making your clients feel really good about themselves. Because once they do, they'll share it on social mm. media. They'll talk, mm. they'll talk to their friends. Mm. And typically, your best clients, you want more of your best clients. So mm. your clients typically hang out with similar people. Mm. So your referrals will be of better quality as well. Here's another strategy to use as well is to build a network of other business owners who can provide value to your clientele. So if you Mm. are a salon, for example, maybe you can find a dentist that can serve your clients as well Mm. and maybe give them a certain percentage off because of Mm. one being your client, they can go and get a certain percentage off from this dentist. What does that do? It creates stickiness because hey, look, I'm a client of this business now, and as a result of that, I'm getting perks to other businesses. Mm. There's an additional benefit. So that will help with the referrals. And when you are in a relation, I'm going to say an affiliate relationship right. with right. other business, business owners, you can say, hey, mm. look, yeah, send, send me someone that you think would fit my ideal client base, and I will give you a certain percentage. Okay. So you can you can create a win-win affiliate network. And this right. is very powerful, very powerful if mm. you do this because it gives wow. incentives. I, I use this with my network. I use this with mm-hmm. people that yeah. I'm in business with. Right. So if, if I'm referring someone to them, they mm. will give me a certain percentage. Or if they refer mm. someone to me, I will give them a percentage. And it's not because, hey, look, it's, it's just about money. It's because it keeps us both motivated. And right. we, both have skin in the, we both have skin in the game. So these, wow. and that's these so are different yeah. strategies. Wow. Amazing. And I'm going to go and get that book, by the way, um, super fans. Um, definitely going to be reading that. Um, <laughs> and, of course, the other one, The Complete Man. And I think you're, you're so important about the skin in the game. You know, people do things because, you know, ideally, you know, they want, everyone wants to help others, but people tend to do things, you know, for their own self-interest and, so it's sort of incentivizing it um, uh, and, you know, that whole skin in the game concept, I totally agree with, um, you know, and uh, so, and by the way, it's interesting how you say that you, you, you take care of the customer and the customer takes care of you, you know, make sure they have mm-hmm. a great experience. Um, it, it always goes back to that. Um, you know, as they say, the customer is always right. I don't completely agree with that, but I get <laughs> the idea behind it, right? you know. 
take care of the customer. They know other people like themselves who would, who would um, you know, that they'd like to introduce you to. And you said before you want to network with other businesses. You talked about affiliate relationships. So important um, to, you know, network with those types of people who may have the same kind of customers uh, that you're trying to go after. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Thank you so much for that advice. Um, I'm definitely going to be following it. And uh, it's curious. Now, obviously, uh, you know, I consider this country the land of opportunity. Um, and a lot, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of success to be had. And, and you've obviously accomplished quite a great deal. Um, and I, I'm just wondering now, obviously, this country is not perfect. There's a lot of social ills like sexism and racism and, uh, and whatnot. Have, have you faced any racism or discrimination in your journey? Oh, absolutely. Uh, my whole childhood, you can say, I was raised with uh, racism on an almost daily basis, mainly throughout high school. But even mm. uh, go- going out for dinners or so forth, uh, because we lived in a, sm- a smaller town, which was predominantly white. And so it was part of our life. It was part of who we were in terms wow. of experiencing that. So, wow. uh, you know, I... I, was, I took a look at it in two ways. A is more from an uneducated perspective. People were just not educated. They had their own beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that I, I looked at them as super bad people. They were just, just not educated from that perspective. So, but it just, made, mm-hmm. it just made me tougher from that perspective. Mm-hmm. That, that's, wow. that's the biggest thing I, I gained from that. Okay, so it made you tougher, and I noticed that um, how you go through this adversity and it sort of makes you tough. Like when you decided to leave your corporate role and people were, you know, talking smack and saying, well, well, why are you doing that? And you said that that powered you through. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so we have this sort of Michael Jordan concept of, you know, people may say negative things, but it motivates you, it helps you, it drives you. And and that's so important how, you, you know, you take that as fuel, and it goes back to the concept that life is 10%, what happens to you, 90% how you respond. You know, you could have, you know, taken in all that racism and you could have let it bring you down. But it had mm-hmm. the opposite effect. You know, it made you tougher. And um, so, I mean, obviously you grew up and you experienced a lot of racism in, in, the, in the small town, and that's very unfortunate. Um, have you experienced discrimination as an adult um, you know, uh, recently or as a businessman at all or, or not quite? Yeah, I'll give you an example. It's not so much in person anymore, but if I run digital ads, for example, on Facebook or Instagram or something, mm-hmm. there'll always mm-hmm. be some guy that has uh, probably too much time on his hands that will make some mm-hmm. kind of comment. So I don't take it personally. I just It just gives me a context in terms of this person is dealing with something. Because communication mm-hmm. is, is very important. If we take a look at what communication is, what people say and how they mm-hmm. say it, they're sharing mm-hmm. information. Most likely, they're either happy mm-hmm. in their state of life or they're not. Mm-hmm. And so if, some, if someone has the energy to uh, share negative, not con- I'm not going to say constructive negativity uh, feedback, that's great. I like that. But if they're mm-hmm. just being belligerent and they're just being annoying from that perspective, they're just dealing with something in their own life that they're not happy with. So mm-hmm. I, I, unfortunately, I feel for those people that, that share those comments. Okay. Wow. All right. And so well, that's, that's great to hear. Um, you sort of come at it from that compassion angle. Um, you don't hate them. You, you sort of forgive them. And, you know, that whole saying, kill them with kindness. And 
and whatnot. Obviously, something's wrong with them, and you don't. If something's wrong with them, you don't have to let that affect you. You know their issue. You know what they eat doesn't make you overweight, as they say. And so you know you don't want to be bogged down by that. And by you know, so obviously, when you're successful, you're always going to get haters. Um, you know that just comes with the territory, regardless of race or what whatever your race is. And you know, if you get haters, that, that you can you can look at it as a positive sign because clearly you're, you're doing something. You know, mm-hmm. we, usually when people try to improve their lives or do something better with their lives, a lot of people who are insecure get a little upset, and even it could happen even in your family, unfortunately, where someone says something belligerent. Uh, you know, so but you take it in stride and and you understand what that is at a deeper level. You don't take it personally. You you, you know, it's you you understand at a not not at the surface level, but at a deeper level what's going on, and I think that's so critical for people to understand. And you never want to lose sight of the people who do support you. And, and you don't want, you know, obviously human beings tend to have a negativity bias and they always like to focus more on the one critic than the 10 people who love them. Something that I think people have to overcome. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I do want to add that I, even for people of color, I think success is very possible in this country. You look at people like Oprah Winfrey, Michael Jordan, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, and Arnold Schwarzenegger who has an immigrant background. These people achieved tremendous success despite humble roots, despite being in minority groups and whatnot, being members of a minority group. So I do think it's very possible, and you're a shining example of that as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, people like you definitely motivate me as a person of color myself who happens to be black American. Um, you know, I love seeing people of color succeed and women succeed because it shows me it's possible. Um, so uh, it's curious now. Uh, what, what advice would you give to someone who, who wants to do what you're doing, you know, who wants to be a coach? Um, you already gave advice on, on how to stand out with the, you know, riches in the, or in the niches, so to speak. But what mm-hmm. are, in addition to that, what advice would you give to someone who wants to be a coach, particularly a, a person who might be a woman or people, uh, a person of color, if there's something specific you want to say to them? But overall, what advice would you give to someone who wants to be a coach? Well, there's a couple of things. First is the the best way to be a coach or be successful as a coach is to understand that it has to be a business unless you're doing it Mm -hmm. out of sheer, basically, contribution. So design design your coaching as a business. Typically what ends Mm -hmm. up happening as coaches is there's a desire to help people. And as a result, Mm -hmm. it's not the business isn't structured to be profitable. It's, It's more about helping people. So, Think of it as a business. Treat it as a business. If you're a really good coach or even a coach, say, here's the thing. You don't have to be the best coach to be successful. You just have to help people solve their problems. Right. That's essentially right. it. You're just helping them get from point A to point B. If you can do that, you can be a successful coach. And mm. you deserve to get rewarded for helping people. Yes. So don't be afraid to charge mm. what you think is appropriate of value. Right. Because I, I think the biggest challenge that coaches have is they undervalue themselves or what they should charge. Right. So that is, that is very important because you have to see the value from their perspective, from your client's perspective. What is it? If you're helping someone lose weight, for example, hmm. from that hmm. person's perspective, it could be they're feeling 10 times better about themselves, and that is the most important thing, and they'll pay you. Hmm. I'm just throwing a number out there, $10,000 hmm. for it. So you, mm. have to, you have to 
see what the value is from their perspective rather than just your right. own because right. that can be very undervalued. And the right. other thing I would say is uh, don't compare yourself to others. You do need to see what your, your competition is doing, but don't do what I did, which is basically, oh, so-and-so has got so many followers. You've got to get yourself out of it, and you have to say, mm. who's in my industry? Who's my competition? How can I differentiate myself? Mm. And, mm. and the other thing is always look for a problem. And this is something that if you really want to succeed as a coach is find a problem. What are mm. the problems that people are facing? Because coaching mm. is all mm. about helping people solve their problems. A lot of people, mm. a lot of coaches go out there and say, well, I have this product or I have this service or I'm really good at this. Honestly, you can make money off that, but you're not going to be super successful. The moment that people are willing to take you up on your offer and pay a lot of money for it, is when they have a problem and you can solve it. So it's always mm. about a, a problem. The last mm. thing I would say is focus more on your marketing mm-hmm. than what you normally think because there's a lot okay. of coaches, again, that focus more on perfecting their skill. Mm. And, and this is a sign of – a lot of the times it's a sign of procrastination. It's also a sign mm. of maybe not feeling good enough or comparing yourself to somebody else Mm. But in order for you to be able to serve someone, you have to have a prospect and a client, and that comes mm. from marketing. So the more time mm. and effort you focus on effective marketing, the more successful you will be rather than just your craft itself. There's a mm. lot of, and I, and I don't endorse this, but there's a lot of iffy coaches out there mm-hmm. and consultants that have a phenomenal marketing strategy, and they're killing it. So, mm. Take, take that into consideration. I would suggest that you have a good product or a good service and have really great marketing, and you'll be successful. Wow, wonderful. Thank you so much for that advice, um, and it's so important. You know, I've, I've heard of this, too, because I've spoken to other coaches, and they said that um, obviously the industry, like any industry, does attract its fair share of charlatans and hacks and quacks and and a lot of times some coaches that may not be as good as other coaches, but they do very, very well because they're better at marketing than they are at coaching. And even the ones that have lots of certifications, um, even if they charge a lot of money, it, it still doesn't mean it's quality, they said, even in those cases, which is amazing. So buyer beware, and, and that's so important. And um, so obviously um, folks need to focus a lot on the marketing. And we also talked about referrals, but obviously in the beginning, you may not get a ton of referrals. So obviously, I'm guessing in the beginning, marketing is so important, you know, and the referrals will come later as you, you know, uh, coach, as you have more clients and whatnot. Uh, And we talked, you talked a little bit more about the whole paranoia problem um, that people need to be wary of. And um, and you you mentioned that you need to, that folks need to find a problem that they can, that they can solve, you know, what is ailing people. Um, and, you know, do a little, you know, research on that. And it's interesting how some people are afraid to charge. But I always tell folks that if something's free, people don't value it, you know. Um, people tend to value things that cost money. So, you know, that's a concept people can utilize when, if they're too scared to charge higher prices, um, you know. And obviously the skin in the game, as we said before, when people put a lot of money down, they're more likely to follow through, so to speak. Um mm-hmm. So important. And people need to focus on it as a business. Um, and, you know, um, but obviously the desire to help people drives people. 
you have to do it um, for that, and the money will come later. You know, Oprah Winfrey says she did what she did because she loved it, and the money was just a bonus. So I think that concept is so important, but don't lose sight of it's a business and be organized. And um, so thank you so much um, for, the, uh, for that incredible advice. And, and obviously, again, you touched on how you have to find the niche focus on that. The, again, the riches are in the niches, so to speak. I'm curious, what advice um, would you give to someone who's obviously um, looking for a coach? Um, obviously, you, told, you, you mentioned people should be wary of iffy coaches. Um, but in addition to that, um, what would you say to someone who wants to coach for themselves? Now, obviously, they can, they can come to you um, and <laughs> it'd be your client, which I think is a great decision. But other than that, <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who, who wants a coach? Oh, someone who wants to coach? Well, there's, there's a number of things. A, do your due diligence. So find out really how good the coach is, and that requires some digging. Um, again, certifications yeah. and stuff like that are important, but you also want to hear firsthand what they've been able yeah. to do. So right. confirming that. But even with coaching, you have to be clear in terms of what you're looking for, what you mm. really want. Mm. And I, I would encourage anybody to spend some time to really determine what they want first, what they really want help with from a coach, hmm. because that will help you identify or choose the right coach for you. Hmm. And then the third aspect is really the fit, because you could have a great coach and you could even have a great client or be a great client, but there might not be that fit, that synergy. Hmm. Hmm. So, Having that, you can say, spark is, is going to be important because you want to be able to take information and not feel like you're being judged, but also be held accountable. And so it requires a little bit of thick skin, and you have to believe that that person, the coach, has your best interests at heart. And that comes mm-hmm. from having a, a strong relationship. Mm-hmm. So the fit is important. My style is very different from other people's style, for example. Right. I, right. I'm, I'm into accountability, but I'm not your babysitter. Right. right. If you're looking for a babysitter, you can go to someone else. Mm. Because I, I, I believe that you're mm. an adult and you should be treated as an adult and act as an adult. So if we have action right. items, for, ex- for example, um, mm. I will ask you and I will hold you accountable, but it's up to you to make sure that you actually do it. And, mm-hmm. and that you actually write your tasks down, for example. So the mm-hmm. style, and I'm, and I'm very straightforward because I don't believe in beating around the push, but I'm very, uh, you can say, compassionate, empathy, because I, I have to be able to understand that person in terms of what they're going through. But I'm not going to sit there, for example, and tell someone something that I believe they mm-hmm. don't need to hear. Right. Because people need to hear. Mm. So it's all the style and the fit is very important. So I, I would, I would say those, those elements are important when looking for a coach. Right. And thank you so much for that. Um, so just to recap, people need to do their due diligence, do a lot of digging, um, you know, so that you end up with a great coach and who can get you great results and you figure out what you want out of coaching. Um, that's so critical. Um, and I think the third element you mentioned was make sure it's a good fit that you guys, you know, mesh well, um, you know, and, and that's so important. Obviously people should shop around your, you know, audition, so to speak, interview a lot of different coaches, see which one you like the most. I guess 
that would help a lot, uh, so to speak. And, you know, word of mouth and referrals, you know, uh, I guess works out well, as you know, too. Um, so thank you so much for that. And, and I believe everyone should have a coach. I think what you guys are so critical. You guys it fascinate me a lot because, you know, you, you guys are folks that you, you basically have to make your own business. You're not being paid hourly. It's not like a secure, well, you know, you have to get your own clientele. It's, it's, and, and so to me that scares the hell out of me. Um, so that's why, <laughs> I, you know, I love life coaches. And I think the work you guys do is critical because you guys um, have that accountability element there. Um, obviously, you don't babysit people, but you provide some accountability in the sense that, you know, uh, like a book can't hold you accountable. You know, a uh, social media post, magazine article, blog, you know, none of that stuff can hold you accountable. TV show, radio show can't do that, but a human being can hold you accountable. And, you know, accountability, they say, is a, a big critical element in helping people to succeed and accomplish their goals. They, they've done studies where they found people uh, due to accountability, we're more likely to stick with our New Year's resolutions. Um, so I think there's something to it, um, this account- accountability thing that a coach can provide. And um, so, Doug, thank you so much for that advice that, you, that you've given. Um, yeah, it's curious. Um, um, now, obviously, you mentioned a lot of important life lessons and success principles. Um, in addition to that, I mean, what other important life lessons have you learned yourself or from others? Oh, I, just in general, well, there's there's a number, but it, here's my premise in terms of what I live by is sure. uh, live with compassion because we just, life is too short and mm-hmm. the more compassionate we are with others, it, it just goes around in a cycle and that is returned to us as well because we have our ups and downs in life. The other thing mm-hmm. is we mm-hmm. as human beings have, have just literally just infinite potential. It is amazing mm-hmm. what our human brains are capable of what we can do mm. what we can learn how we can apply mm. it if mm. someone says you know how do they get the most out of their life or how do they achieve something it really is learn how to utilize your brain and mm. that is phenomenal and so mm. you know obviously I've, I've spent two and a half decades studying the brain and mm. so I've, I've built systems around it but you mm. know if you don't have the capacity yourself is to find someone who can help you because that just that that little piece can take you so much further ahead. Uh, you mentioned something before as well. Always get a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a coach. Mm-hmm. If you're looking, if you're motivated to do something, find mm-hmm. someone who can help you accelerate the path. That's truly what a right. coach does. Is it raises your chances of actually getting there, but also getting there faster and easier without wasting a lot of time, energy, and resources that you don't need to. Right. Mm. And so right. uh, even, for, even for myself, for example, uh, my personal trainer is one of the best personal trainers in the world because uh, I, I know I have a limited amount of time in, to actually research the stuff and be on top of the right. nutrients on, on right. the actual training routine. So I, I hire people that I know. Mm. So my big, my big premise of life right now and how I live my life, if this is anything you take out of this entire conversation it's mm. find people who can help you get there faster. Mm. You are going to excel faster. This, this includes your relationships, for example. When you have the right people on your team, you, mm. have, you have a better quality life, and you will achieve all, if not, or more of your, most of your goals. Wow. Thank you so much for that. And I think that's so important. You know, people need to surround themselves 
with the right kind of people who are kind of at the levels that they want to be at, and I think that's so important. Um, it definitely helps to shorten your learning curve, and it's so important to have mentors, um, people who are at that level who can teach you um, so you don't make the mistakes that they made. You can learn from their mistakes, or you're getting a little bit of like a shortcut there. And, you know, it's interesting. Tony Robbins says that success leaves clues, you know, um, mm-hmm. that, <laughs> you know, people who are successful, you know, they, they have clues for you in terms of how you could be successful, and that's so important. And um, you had mentioned um, before about, uh, I think the first thing you mentioned was have compassion, and I think that's so important. I think in many ways we have, there's a bit of a crisis or a deficit of compassion, unfortunately, among many, and it's important for that to be turned around. And, you, you know, you talked about the potential that people have, the infinite potential, and how powerful the human brain is. You know, I, I hear that, you know, people only use a certain small percentage of their brain or whatnot. I don't know if that's true or not, um, but, you know, people may not be using their uh, your, their talents and whatnot to the full potential, I believe. So important for people to realize not to sell themselves short. They're more powerful than they, they could ever imagine. You know, look at you. You're someone who grew up maybe, you know, humble roots, and look at where you are now. And we see this time and time again. Um, you know, with successful immigrant stories or people who are the children of immigrants where they didn't come from wealth, but they've achieved so much success. And I think it's, it's so, I think it's more and more possible now because of the internet and because the U S is sort of the land of opportunity as well. So if you're here, there's so much opportunity for people to grab onto. So, um, you know, and, uh, so it's important that people utilize the opportunities they have and, uh, that they see externally and what they have inside them internally as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you so much for those life lessons uh, that you've uh, shared with us. Um, uh, it's curious. Now, you've written um, two books um, uh, so far that I'm aware of, uh, which I can't wait to read. And uh, do you have any book recommendations that you give to people um, or any authors or girls that you like a lot? Yeah, I th- just the classic one that I would encourage everybody to read or the classics is How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's definitely one. That's kind of a okay. people skills approach. Think and Grow right. Rich. We're talking about these are like the originals of the originals. One of the ones that right. a lot of people don't either know or might not be fully aware of is Psycho-Cybernetics is another one. Yes. And The War of Art is, uh, is another good book. And that's really around... Mm. Uh, talks about the concept of resistance and having a passion in life and following that passion. So those are, those mm. are some of the ones that stick out for me the most. Wow. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. Are there any um, maybe luminaries in the personal development field that you like a lot, um, you know, that, uh, that you recommend to people to follow? Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to brain science, for example, Jim Quick is, is someone I would follow because he is, he is very much into the brain science stuff. If you're really into inspiration and motivation and even Tony Robbins is really good because he does have a lot of practical stuff as well. Wow. Right. Yeah. Robin Sharma from a leadership perspective, Mm. he's good for for that. Um, So those are, I would say, uh, let me just see if there's anybody else that I would recommend. If you're looking at hardcore sales, Grant Cardone, I'm not a big fan of Grant himself. You could say I think he's a, he's a you know he's a good person, 
but I just don't, I think he caters to a certain demographic. Um, some of his teachings sure. I'm not hundred percent line with, but if you want to sell more and sell better, sure. Definitely someone to follow. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I think he's, um, de- you know, his story is interesting too, because he also comes from humble roots and accomplished quite a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't agree with everything he says either, but, um, he's definitely an inspiration. A lot of what he says is on point. So I, I, I agree with you on that. I love Grant. Um, so, okay. well, thank you so much for all those recommendations. And um, now you also have your own podcast, too, I believe, right, based on the research that I've done. Um, do, can you just say the name of it so people can find out more about it? And, you know, it's, sure. Uh, yeah. We, we actually – I have uh, two podcasts. One is called The Male Entrepreneur. That's specifically for men who uh, – we talk about all aspects of life and business. So it's a very, yeah. you can say uh, – no holds barred type of approach. We talk about okay. all the things that guys have in their minds. And then we also have uh, the coaches council podcast, which is we bring on some of the top coaches around the world. Mm. So these could be sports coaches, trainers, uh, wow. people in the diet, health and wellness space. So that's, that's a fairly newer one. And I'm excited about that one because I, I get to learn mm. a lot from that one as well. Great. Wonderful. And do you have financial advisors on that one? Like finance coaches? We haven't had a finance coach yet because we've started, but I think that is that is one area that we def- definitely will be talking about for sure. Great. Wonderful. Because they say the two areas people need the most help with in life is money and relationships. So, um, yes. you know, <laughs> I actually, I've spoken to financial advisors who say that they're sort of like a life coach and in, in a sense because money is so tied to everything in, in, a, per- in a lot of things in a person's life. Um, so, yeah, um, so thank you so much for that. Um, I'm definitely going to be listening. Uh, I'm definitely going to be a fan of the show and follow both of them. I think they're both um, excellent. Um, so thank you so much for that. And um, so, um, you know, it's so much better to do what you love. Um, I'm sure you prefer to be doing what you're doing now as opposed to being stuck at a desk in a corporate <laughs> role. So <laughs> I'm sure you're happier now to make that switch and people who may have doubted you in the beginning see that you were right. I don't know if anyone's ever come up to you and said, Oh, you were right. And, and you were able to say, I told you so, or uh, I don't know if you got it. Did you derive any satisfaction from that? Um, or uh, in terms of, uh, I would say, yeah, there's, there's definitely a part of me because I, um, not, not from getting back a retribution or anything like that, yeah, but there is always this feeling like, yeah, there are other people doubted me, and I and I move forward. But I don't really look external very much. I I just mm-hmm. focus on internal. So I, it's just where would I have been uh, a year? Mm-hmm. If, you know, I look at how I am today with my current path compared to where I would have been if I was doing the exact same thing. Right. So that is for me what gives me the, the boost, really. And I've I've literally. Okay. Just to, yeah, to basically quickly answer your question, yeah, there's times when people message me and say congratulations on that. That just gives me satisfaction, definitely. Okay. From people who may have doubted you in the past and they see that, Correct. you know, you, you made the right decision, which is so great. That's, you know, when that happens um, and people come, finally come along, so to speak. Um, so thank you so much um, for all the answers and information you provided. Uh, this is an episode I'll be listening and re-listening to a whole bunch. I've learned a lot, and I'm sure the listeners have as well. 
Um, can you um, go ahead and describe all the ways that people can um, reach out and connect with you so they can have someone like you in their network or if they want to utilize or know someone wants to utilize your services? Sure. The easiest way is go to my website, and there's a contact form on there. You can also reach mm-hmm. out to me on social media channels. So I am most active on Instagram and LinkedIn. Not so active on Facebook, but I, I still have a large Facebook presence. And I am also on Twitter, but again, I'm not as super active on Twitter. So feel free to reach out and connect with me on any social platform, and I'm more than happy to have a conversation. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And people, sh- I, I, I do recommend people should go out and purchase your books. Um, I could even, learn more if you like, yes. I could even give a discount code too. I ha- if you like, if you like the audio copy of my book, you can go to completemanaudio.com mm. and y- use the promo code Victory seventy five, and you'll get seventy five percent off. Wow! Thank you so much for um, for sharing that, and um, and also, uh, people should also check out your podcast. Um, if they like the interview, they'll definitely, I'm sure, love your podcast. I'll be checking it out. Um, so thank you for that. And I'll be putting all this information in the um, episode description box so people can see it, read it there, uh, and so they can better able to reach out and connect with you. All right. And, again, I want to thank you, uh, Pardeep, uh, for coming on the show. Uh, this has been a wonderful, enlightening, and educational conversation. And I want to thank the audience um, for listening. Um, thank you so much. And I'm going to go ahead and give you the last word um, and the sign-off. Is there anything else uh, you want to say, just final word? Well, I would just say thank you for listening to this episode. And if there's, uh, again, any piece of uh, insight I could say is just align yourself with the right people. That will definitely get you further ahead in life. Definitely. Thank you so much for that. And everyone, um, have a wonderful day, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care and have a great day. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcast app, and if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, If you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, And that will help uh, to spread the word about the show and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, So... Uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a a five-star review on the Apple Podcast uh, app. That would be great. And if you can email us so we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise, that would be amazing. Uh, Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.